we shall arise. Welcome to Scatterbrain Podcast, episode one forty-five. One forty-five, dude. What's up, man? We should have a we should have a special episode every five episodes. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Never. Yeah, mind. it's just like, hey, it's been five since we did this. Oh, it was the first episode of the month. Yeah, got to celebrate, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's up? We're recording earlier. I love this. Yeah, it's it's nice to kind of do it. It was a little bit of a shake up. I know we back and forth on the timing for this weekend. I had some things coming up, but the weather wasn't cooperating so i had to change plans so thanks for right. uh juggling days back and forth no i like it like this, this is better yeah a little earlier Much better think? yeah i like it better you've been watching football uh it's on right now but i haven't watched any of it yet because it's just starting Are see you how gonna... dedicated i am you have a dog in the fight <laughs> <laughs> mm, not really i kind of think the bengals are gonna win all of it man because joe burrow is phenomenal i mean Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is pretty fucking good, too. I mean, they're all really good. The 49ers defense could win it all, even though they got Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. It's hard to say. All four of these teams are really fucking good. And you can't count out Philadelphia, man. Dude, Philadelphia has like 70-something sacks this season, which is like one shy of the record all time. 70 sacks in one season. That's insane. Kansas City is second with 55 sacks. That's how much, that's what, what a difference in defense. It's just all these teams are good. But I have a feeling the Bengals aren't going to lose again because they're on fire and he seems to, they, they seem to have the Chiefs number, man. It's come down to the best four teams. It really has. So I don't, I guess you're not really paying attention, right? Not really paying attention, but I mean, it's good, man. Part of, uh, until maybe the last few years, part of what used to always bother me about the Super Bowl is the games always sucked. There's always a blowout or something like yeah. that. Yeah. The last kind of good one for me was the Chiefs 49ers game when the 49ers were winning by 10 points in the fourth quarter and the Chiefs just came blazing back and won. That was a pretty good game. But yeah, you know, like that one, that Rams versus Patriots one was absolutely the worst one I've seen so far. I like them when they're closer like that. I don't know. Not low scoring like that, though. That's boring. Hey, man, I play defense in hockey. So the defensive game is fun to me to watch. So when it's low scoring, it's more exciting. Yeah, but hockey's kind of a game for weaklings. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> they only bash each other in the face and shit. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you know what Puck I noticed? Up. In the old days, they used to, when they would fight, they would take the helmets off. Uh huh. That was like kind of like the, I don't know if it was a rule, but it was like an agreed upon thing. Now it's illegal, yeah. man. Now they have to punch each other in the fucking head with, with helmets on. Have you seen that shit? <laughs> no. That, well, it seems like they usually don't take their helmets off. I mean... I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, yeah. But what happens if a goalie? What happens if a goalie gets in a fight? You have to punch him in a face mask. I guess so. You hit, uh, touch him, hit him in the, the back of the neck or something. I have no idea. Those guys are fully padded up. Pull out a pencil and start jabbing him in the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Don't don't do so, that. So anyway. football all weekend for you or all day. Well, sort of. You know, what I like to do is I like to let the game play and do my own thing. And then I just watch the highlights on YouTube and they condense it down to, to like 15 minutes. So it'll just go play after play after play after play. No ads. And I love that because then I get the full game, basically just the actual game. And, you know, I try not to know what the score is. So it's it's just better that way. I don't know. Does it take four hours? Yeah, the ads are just outrageous. Like last weekend, I watched a couple games all the way through, and it, like one of the games took forever. It was like a four hour game or something. I'm like, this is all ads, man. And then you got stoppage of clock for ads, and then you got injuries. And it's just like, fuck, this is ridiculous. 
So you spend most of your time making food or getting a beer or, you know, doing other things. Anyway. That's why I don't watch yeah. sports because I just don't have the time for that shit, man. That's why I do YouTube. It's just much more enjoyable for me because they, they do it pretty quick. Within an hour after the game, they have it all edited down. And sometimes the edits are good. Sometimes they're pretty bad. But, you know, like I said, I should do that shit for them. I'd, I'd kick ass at it. You mentioned that before a few episodes back. Yeah. Well, when when they do a good play or something, and then and then it looks like wow, this looks like this is like the exact same play, and it is. They like repeat a play on accident or something, or um, a team will score like a, a field goal or something. It's a close game, and it's like wait a minute, they didn't even show the drive of that team. They just completely omit like a full drive of a you know scoring drive. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? At least show like a couple plays and then show them kicking a field goal. That's annoying. That's the annoying part. But I, I bet they have multiple editors, and a couple of them are really good, and a couple of them suck. You know. Yeah, they probably split it up by quarters or something, so they get each guy can just each person can knock it out, crank it. Yeah, yeah. That's or they prob- probably that got it where they're recording it live, and then they're just kind of hitting essentially pause on the record to cut all that shit out, and it's probably edits itself mostly. You have to really pay attention to the game the whole time to do that. That would be the way to do it though, because then you're just done at the end of the game. You just got it. So that's how I used to like recording music too. Just you play it, and then you just stop, and then you you do it again, and you you know just keep going. You don't like do this take like multiple takes and then edit the best takes together and shit. That's just, to me, that's like, why not just record it right the first time? Just have the whole band play it, record it. That's a good take. Boom, done. But that's not the way you do it in the studio. So that's the way it is. Not anymore, you know? No, I, don't think I saw really an interesting article somewhere, I forget, and they were talking about the different, basically timing, the tempos in certain songs that are not correct. Or even like uh-huh. the, uh, like they're not singing in key. What's oh yeah led zeppelin does that uh and a few but yet i i then you know these videos actually it was a it was a video i think that i i saw this on not an article and they were play because they were uh correcting them pitch correcting them and the sound the song sounded weird expected right. a certain way you know and it sounds correct that way even though musically it's not correct right or they record like i've heard like some of the bigger stars will record something and it's out of key with the music so the editor will just or you know whoever's doing it will like speed up the you know change the pitch like digitally change the pitch so they sang it wrong but then they make the pitch right you know so it comes out on the recording like it's correct and i'm like well what if they when they do it live do they have to like do they have to like change their singing style to the pitch that was made in the studio or are they going to just go up there live and sing it out of key? You know, they I mean? do it how they do it. I'm sure. Right. I mean, you've yeah, been to shows where it's like, Oh, they're playing it fast today or you know, they're slowing it down it's a little slow or whatever, you know? Yeah. But I guess it's a common that. trick with recording. They'll do that. I know that I saw a really cool video on YouTube and it was talking about how there was a certain song by, it wasn't Beyonce, but it was some artist like that that was pretty well known. And there was a certain song that they played when you played it on a laptop and they, they were able to trace it down to like a certain type of hard drive by a certain manufacturer that was a certain model. And under certain conditions, when you played that song, because of the the pitch that it was at or whatever, it created this like harmonic resonance that it crashed the hard drive. It was a very interesting thing. And I guess they had to re remaster it or did something to fix that issue or a firmware for the hard drive i forget what the fix was but yeah i guess like in songs like that they'll record it and then they'll speed it up just a touch so it sounds more peppy and lively you know right oh i heard like britney spears i heard she actually has kind of a deep not masculine voice but she actually sings pretty gruff and like she's got a rough voice like not bad but just she sings in a lower pitch not out of key 
her voice is just lower. And in the studio, they'll like raise the pitch of her voice to make it sound more, like you said, like more peppy. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because then they played a couple live clips of the songs. And I was like, holy shit, her voice is totally different. It still sounds good, but it's like deeper. It's trippy. I never noticed that when I saw her. I've seen her a few times. You have? <laughs> Fuck no, dude. Oh, I was going to no. say, this uh, this podcast is now defunct. Anyway. <laughs> you have now ruined everything. Okay. Yeah, anyway, right. I was going to... I thought, what, who the fuck in your family would make you go to see that? Oh, my God. That would have to well, been, like, so... one of the kids or a cousin or something, I guess. But no, yeah, I've never I seen that in life. Oh, I'd never... No. I'd, I mean, there's a couple songs that are kind of catchy, but it's nothing I would buy or go see. If someone bought you or paid for, like, two tickets, those overpriced Taylor Swift tickets for her tour, would you go? Like if my cousin or something says, hey, I'm going to the show. My my friend flaked out. Do you want to go? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or for any reason. You don't have to pay for it, but someone's offering for you to go. Maybe. Why the hell not? Fuck no. I wouldn't Who go. Knows, man. Like I said, you know like, what I do? Is, you know what I do? I would take the ticket and I'd say, yeah, I'll see you there. And then I'd scalp it. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Well, that's why I asked this scenario, right? If If I won them, like in a contest, I would sell them. Yeah, me too. But if it was like my cousin is like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going and my friend flaked out. Do you want to go? It's by you or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I could. Maybe I would. Fuck it. Check it out. I'd have it. I'd have I'd go. I'd say, sure, I'll join you. And then I'd have headphones on the whole time listening to Enforced. <laughs> oh, so that's kind of like what you do when I when I meet up with you for a concert. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't do that. Well, yeah, because I'm listening to Taylor Swift, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I get it. Very a little slow there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, all right well, uh, hey, uh, while we're talking right. about music and concerts and stuff, I wanted to go over a couple of cool music bits that I found out this week. Just a couple days ago, you know this, Overkill released a new single, The Surgeon. Oh, yeah. That Apparently, that single is going to be off oh. your 20th. You hear that? 20th album yeah and i hope that's not just like the best song on the album and that's how the album sounds because i was overkill is like my favorite performing like currently alive band they, they're my favorite thrash metal band hands down it was just something about the energy but their last album dude, was super disappointing to me and i just i hope they kick it back up and it becomes overkill again because there's something there's like two or three good songs on there and the rest of it was kind of eh. but this song is killer dude yeah the surgeon and the new album is going to yeah. be called Scorched. It's supposed to be released April 14th. Not too long. And uh, that new Enforced single came out, and that's a badass song, dude. Oh, yeah. I, that is fucking killer. It sounds like Enforced. What's the name of that? <laughs> it, oh, it sounds bad. It's like a, not even a, it's like it was a two-minute song. He wasn't kidding, dude. It just fucking tears your head off, and it's bam, it's done. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh. shit, I want to listen, listen to that again. <laughs> that struck me as funny when, when Knox told us that, you know, when we last saw him, that he felt that they had that there was like fluff on Kilgrim. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you know, it. the little, uh, the little extra sample. shit. Yeah, it's like, but that wasn't fluff. I don't know. Was no way, man. Album. That was fucking. That album's killer. He's just talking about the the extra stuff, like the, the you know the sound effects at the end of that song goes on for over a minute. He thinks all that shit should have been cut out. And in a way, I can see what he's saying. It's like there was like a repetition in each song that maybe could have cut out and it could have just ended. He might be right. He could have probably trimmed a good ten minutes off that album. But that album's fucking badass. I disagreed with him, but it's his band, so how can yeah, I his band, know? his music. 
but yeah, I don't exactly. feel like it was fluff. Now the new song, the new single is called Ultra Violence. And when I saw that, I'm like, did they do a fucking 10 minute remake of that Death Angel song? But they didn't. That would have been interesting, huh? Yeah. But instead, this is like, what? it's like a minute and a half or two minutes or something. It's not very long. Uh, two minutes, 10 seconds. Yeah. But I, I still don't know when their full album's coming out. It's going to be good, dude. The few songs I've heard he are so it, good. I think he said April-ish. Oh, I, I just heard um, uh, spring. So that could be anytime, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I don't know if, if that's why that's coming to mind. I don't know if he said that in the recording or if we were talking about it before we hit record, but April-ish. Yeah. Kind of like what came to mind. Um, and I just want to mention something. This is kind of a little bit out of my comfort zone as far as bands go. But I just I was drawing the other day and I had my headphones on and I just let it roll. It started picking songs for me, you know, and most of them I knew. But then this like random song that I never heard before came up and I was like, this guy's singing clean and this is more like hard rock, but this is a killer song. And I, I checked it out and it's a band from Mexico called Zadic, Z-A-D-I-C. And their new single is called Shattered Death. And dude, I love the song. It's it's totally not my norm. It's kind of it's kind of like the mid two thousands kind of like um, new metal sort of sound. You remember when they do that like, like and then they go into that melody part where some other singer to be yeah. like, oh. yeah, it's like it's not that, but it's it's like that the the clean part of that style, you know. Um, it, but the song is so good, and I, I backtracked and listened to an album they put out in twenty twenty one, and all of the songs are like that, just super catchy and heavy, but not thrash metal, not not even really not even really like speed metal or anything it's, it's like hard, hard rock, rock. It's, it's it's hard rock it's metal but it's good dude and uh, i dig it yeah i, I want to listen to more of this stuff so uh, i just want to mention them because it's quality shit man but yeah a lot of people who listen to this podcast who listen to metal probably be like you know is he fucking high but i don't but, know a few people i played the song for i played the song for a few people and they're like damn that's a good fucking song so would this be some, like it's got something to it would this be like as heavy as like maybe like a night wolf, something like that? Or what what kind oh, it's of heavier listen to it? It's heavier than that. No, it's, it's definitely heavier than that. Yeah. No, it's heavy. Okay, but so I it's think heavy. Really... I mean, night, night wolf's like that traditional metal. And I, I freaking love a, several of the, the songs off of their EP or album or whatever. This is heavy. It, it doesn't have the cheesy melodies. There's no cheesy chorus that comes in. There's nothing like that. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about just hard rock. It's fucking heavy. I mean, the guitars are fucking crunchy. But what really sold it for me, not just the, vo the voice. I mean, the guy can sing. He's actually singing. That's why I think you might hate it, you know, because he's clean, right? But he's got a killer voice. And but what sold it for me was the leads, dude. Whoever is the lead guitar player for that band fucking shreds. I had to like rewind it a few times listening to the song like within the song to hear the lead again because I'm just like, damn! This guy's next level fucking wow. ripping it up, dude. He's like, I would say he's like a step above like Zach Wilde or like those kind of guitar players. Whoa, he Ian, of... that's a big claim. Dude, he ripped, dude. And the, the, the leads I heard on the album from a couple years ago were the same. I'm just like, damn! This guy is fucking wow. slick! Oh, no, dude, he's That's, big, that's major fucking... props, dude. Zach Wilde's pretty fucking good. The thing with Zach Wilde, no, because Zach Wilde's pretty good. That guy's amazing. But the thing is with Zach Wilde, he does a lot of the squeals. That's like his trademark, yeah. you know, wah, wah. Yeah. And this guy will do that now and then. This guy doesn't really fall for a lot of tricks, but you do hear a lot of hammer-ons, like the old, like, like Eddie Van Halen sort of style in there. And you could tell this guy listened to the, the, the top guitar players and kind of probably molded himself off of the Eddie Van Halen type players, you know, because his leads are just fantastic, dude. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to play it for Chuck this morning after I, I spent the night at his place and 
I woke up on the couch and I was listening to the song in my headphones and I played it for him and he's not really a metal or thrash metal guy, especially at all, really, you know, but he, he just kind of looked at me and went, damn. And I was like, yep, I knew it. So it's got something for everybody, I think. But the, I mean, even Chuck heard the leads and was like, holy shit. It's pretty surprising how good this guy is, dude. Maybe he was just fucking recording on a good day. I don't know. But the, the leads I've heard overall are really good. And um, I'd kind of like to have these guys on a, on a show and talk about it, too. Because um, as far as, like, singing, I've heard that when you sing in English, even if you don't speak English as your first language, I heard that um, when you sing, you can't, like, discern any sort of, like, accent. Yeah. Have you heard that before? I've noticed. Well, haven't you noticed that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess have, there's like certain what... certain things like we're in, in the pronunciations, right? Like diabolical. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, for That's example, true. right? Yeah. They say it a different way. But I mean, I've noticed that a lot with music where they sing. And aside from a pronunciation, yeah. you don't really hear it. I think the exception that I've heard over the years is German. Like if someone, if a singer has a really thick German accent, you can definitely pick that out. Like Scorpions comes to mind, you know, those Scorpion songs, you can really hear a German accent, which is odd too, because Germans actually speak better English than English people, which is fucking strange. But, um, well, yeah. tell the pronunciation so, yeah, I like, I, is, you know, when I traveled in Europe, they told me that my R's were like really hard, right? Cause you see like, you know, R yeah. like a pirate, R. And they think <laughs> off more like you're like like English more, the British more. It's like a softer R, you know, they say, oh, yeah, R. Well, that's how you usually talk. You have cleaned it up for the podcast, which I appreciate because, you know, your pirate speech is a little weird. Oh, my taste. You want to reveal <laughs> that? Hey, what's up, dude? There you are. All right. So one more thing about music before we, we get started here on the, the next segment is, as you know, you're like the onset of the pandemic. Nervosa essentially split up, right? And some of those members formed Crypta. We've spoken yeah. about both bands previously, yeah. their albums. Uh, Nervosa continued on after a couple of members left, and they released Perpetual Chaos in 2001. Um, 21. Or 2021. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, it's interesting is since this time, they've lost two drummers. And they also wait, 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 wait. Since the bass player, singer, and the other drummer left, they've lost another drummer. Yeah. So yeah, they lost oh, the drummer. They lost the drummer. Then they lost their guitar. Uh, I forget what her name is right now. And the drummer that's that they had when they when they Nervosa continued on. Holy and shit. then they lost that drummer. And they had another drummer filling in. I guess they lost that drummer. What is up with that? Yeah. They had uh their bass, you know, to replace Fernanda, they had Mia Wallace from the, the yeah. bassist from Abbott. Don't tell me she's gone. She's still there. I guess she had to take a step out for a while, like doing the live stuff because of her commitments with the other band. Okay. But, you know, they had gotten the, the new vocalist that goes by Diva Satanica. And I saw just <laughs> recently that they lost her as well. She's going to focus on a different project. Okay. I just want to say good. Because I think they could have done better, but I mean that album's pretty good. But they could have done better. She's good, but yeah, needs to be a little bit, a little bit heavier. You know, the thing I, I noticed. Uh, look, dude, this is not disrespect to anyone. You know, they're doing all that stuff, touring. They're making it happen. They're doing their thing. Totally cool. You know, yeah, but yeah. And I, I appreciate anyone that travels around so I can see metal on a night and then come home and sleep in my own bed. <laughs> totally appreciate it. Right. Yeah. But so yeah, when we went to see them for with uh, destruction and support of destruction. It, it seemed like the crowd was kind of sedate 
the crowd huh. really wasn't too into him. I, I realized that perhaps many of them didn't know Nervosa, but oh. I just felt like, you know, certain people like you see, you see Knox. We talked about Knox from, from Enforce earlier. That guy's fucking going off the whole time. He's yelling, yeah. going off like crazy, and he's into it. Get sucked into it, and I didn't right. quite feel that it. with this other one. So maybe you're right. Maybe that this could be a a thing that was a good thing. I don't know what they're going to have, who they're going to have, or what, but lots of changes. I think what propelled them was Fernanda on bass and singing. Because she had that attitude, she had that energy. She's a good front woman, you know. It kind of carried over to Crypta, but they need that for Nervosa to stay alive. I think you're right. Yeah, Crypta. Speaking of which, they started recording a new album today. Really? In fact, I just saw today that they were they started tracking the drums. Huh. My future wife is busy. Cool. Yeah, amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna get to you're gonna get to finally meet her. Hopefully, I know. <laughs> we may we may interview her, and she's gonna be all. What does this future wife shit, you know? <laughs> with Crypta, you're going to see them with Morbid Angel, Skeletal Remains, and fucking Revocation. Yeah. Looking forward Damn. to that. That's quite the lineup. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm really looking forward to Skeletal Remains, dude. I bet they're going to be amazing live, dude. Now, I think they even have, I think they have a, not new now, but I think they, they are like one of those bands that has a different drummer every freaking album. Because I think they had a new guy on the last album. And I don't know how bands do that, where they have to keep interviewing or, or you know, rehearsing with brand new drummers. It's like, God damn, because that's like the hardest the hardest part of a band to learn new stuff. It has been when I played guitar and sang, when we went through drummers like crazy, dude. And it was so hard to get someone to replace the last guy if the last guy was good. It really was. Well, you get used to it a certain way, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jim, he'll, he'll hear this, I'm sure, at some point, a year from now when he listens, gets caught up. I mean, he's a, he's a good drummer, yeah. but when we play okay. stuff with him and you're like doing the guitar instead of on drums, we have to tell him, no, no, you have to bog down there. No, no, you have to do this. It's like, there's like little nuances that are the feel yeah. from whoever was playing that before, you know? It's true. Yeah. And especially if they're like my songs and I'm playing drums to them, I know how they should sound or I want them to sound. And then I really catch up on that stuff, you know? And, and, but the fact of the matter is when we play with him, he plays things more straight through. He picks up shit so fast. The dude is so professional, you know, but he does play things a little bit more straight through and his tempo is amazing, dude. Okay. So we're it makes us... this, uh, Cause he's not going to be able to get his head through the door at the ice rink when we play hockey. Oh yeah. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's okay. He's all right. You know, we just, <laughs> we let him play with us when he wants to, just to make him feel better, you know. No, dude. But one of the things that amazes me, we haven't played with him in a while. But one of the things that amazes me is, well, A, I love hearing my own leads, having those gaps filled with leads. And also, yeah. when we're done with practice, I don't have a bead of sweat on me. I'm not sweating at all. Whereas in the drums, singing and drums, man, I'm about to fall over, dude, just drenched. It just made me realize how much easier playing guitar and singing is. is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I think drumming and singing's got to be pretty nuts. Drumming's pretty nuts, anyways. Having that limb independence and being able to do different things—that's <laughs> guitar's hard enough, dude. Yeah, and then, and then picture constricting your your throat while you're turned sideways, trying to catch your breath and screaming at full speed. So I'm basically running and screaming constantly with my neck turned. Fuck! I got to get a headset. You got to get a headset. I've been telling you that for the last like 10 years, dude. <laughs> I know. I just think they look fucking lame, but you know, I, I'll yeah. just do it. Whatever. I'll get a, I'll get a bright pink one with lights on it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like flashing little LEDs inside. <laughs> it's clear with <laughs> flashing pink LEDs. <laughs> okay, dude, we're running long, so let's do this. Uh, let's do this album. Okay, let's do it. So this goes back to November, dude, and I, I just picked it because it came on randomly like that other song, and I was like, oh, this is a good song, so I downloaded the album and I listened to the whole album. I'm like, fuck, this is good. And I, I didn't look at the date, and I was hoping, God, please be 2023. And I figured because it's only back in November, what two months or whatever, I wanted to review this because I, I. I like this album. I appreciate this band. It's a little bit long, but the songs are short. So there's a shitload of songs, but it's kind of a 44 minute or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was uh, album, but the band is called Fateful Finality. And I believe they're from Germany. Emperor of the Week. <laughs> um, yeah, 44 minutes, 38 seconds, November 11th. Yeah, 11 tracks. So it's like, well, I guess it's not really short songs, about four minute songs. Yeah. But this is just good old-fashioned metal, dude. This is like good old-fashioned thrash metal, I think. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, so I guess to begin, it, it does go back to last year. And we've had that motivational factor to try new things and discover new things and keep reviewing new things. But I th we talked yeah. about it, I think, an episode or two ago where we said, hey, perhaps maybe we, we should st still continue to do that because it is a good way. But also, if something comes up from before we haven't heard of or maybe our listeners haven't heard of, why the hell not, man? The whole point of this is music discovery. We don't have to be bleeding edge. You've never heard of it. I've sure. never heard of it. You know, Billy Bob's nope. never heard of it. Joe's never heard of it. Whoever's never heard of it. And that's good. It. That's awesome. Yes, that's awesome. And it's only a couple months old. So I was, I was just like, you know, because you, you mentioned, you know, do we want to go back to 2022? And I was like, it's only a couple months. And I said something like, uh, you know, there's not, it's only January. There's not, and you're like, there's not that much out right now. And you're like, what are you talking about? There's a glut of shit. And then I got hammered with a bunch of texts with different links to all these different new fucking bands. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, calm down. A lot you know, of good so shit. We'll go back to the, dude, you're right too. And I, I went and searched myself and I'm like, holy crap, he's right. All kinds of brand new bands even, dude. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think, I think it, I think it is like a glut right now. Which is cool. Once that COVID thing kind of died down, all these bands who've been thinking about songs and writing songs for the last two or three years are coming out of the woodwork, dude. Well, some of these guys aren't coming out of the woodwork necessarily. Fateful Finality has been around since 2006. Yeah. yeah. How come I never heard of them? I That's never heard weird. of them either. There's just too much. Yeah. So these but, guys um, are from they... uh, southwestern Germany. Veal der Stadt. Uh -huh. I, don't know. I don't know exactly where that is. Um, but I looked it up in the map and it's like southwestern Germany. They formed in 2006. It's a four-piece. They've got Philip Murder with an umlaut on the U, which I think is pretty cool. He's on bass. They've got Misha Vitek on drums, Patrick Prochner, Prochner on guitars and vocals, as well as Simon Schwarzer also on guitars and vocals. So that's kind of kind of cool that they're both doing the thing there. They don't discern between uh, leads and rhythms, so maybe they're switching up. I didn't catch that. Wait, so they both do vocals and probably that's killer. Maybe that's why I found them kind of dynamic. There's different voices in there. Yeah, huh. there are. Yeah, there are. You see, here parts that are clean, which I kind of shy away from. Yeah. And then you oh, hear yeah. stuff on this that sounds almost like the guy from Propane. Right. That's right. Yeah. I was wondering. I thought that was the same guy. See, I didn't research him that much. I just listened to him. But that makes sense then because they're maybe they're even going back and forth within the same songs. I could see that. I could see that for sure because there's definitely a lot of range. I mean, it's yeah, it's, uh, 
straightforward thrash, but you do have a little, you know, some of the clean parts, some of the stuff that, again, the, the, I fully get like propane vibes off these guys big time. Oh, I didn't really catch that part of it, but yeah, look, the vocals. Will now... listen to the vocals in that extent. Oh, the vocals. It. Okay. Oh, propane. Yeah. I didn't put it together that way, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The emperor um, emperor of the week is their fifth full length. Like I said, they've been around since uh, 2006. They reached, they released a number of singles um, in the year 2021 that are not on the album. So that's kind of cool. So what did you think of this? Because I, I know you were kind of like, oh, I don't really have time to listen to it. And I'd already listened to it a couple of times, but um, I felt like this was worth it. I like this stuff. What I like it. Think? I mean, it's straightforward thrash. You know, I like me some thrash. Sometimes thrash can be straightforward and simple and it still sounds fucking awesome. You can l- listen to Power Trip, for example. They're not doing any- anything that hasn't been done before, but it's just that like feel and the way that the, you know, it's the, like the, the bounce to it, you know, and it's this, the feel. this has that. Yeah, yeah has it really does. In a lot of spots. Um, like I said, they remind I me wouldn't, of propane with the vocals. I wouldn't call this like simple, though. I mean, there's a lot of it's they stay within the four four realm, but there's a lot of changes and they do changes kind of right. I mean, they make it they keep it interesting is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a feel. Definitely. Yeah. And they just, you know, it's just straightforward thrash. You're not going to get this isn't like technical to like where these it's like math it's not like that you know you, you said they stick in the fours um but there's there's some good shit man i really liked i mean to me honestly the first half of this album was the best it kind of fell off for, for me near the end for me too yeah i agree yeah there were i mean it starts the title track track one it, it's a great way it drew me in it's like oh this is interesting this i know i'm listening to the thrash this is gonna be good uh the second track stealth aggressor really good track three a mid uh, or live a mid live a mud uh, god i can't fucking speak edit edit live um, track three live a mud mid warfare is one of my favorites as well track four dead earth that's probably my favorite but then as you get later in the last couple tracks were not so good if i had to pick a throwaway i would say track 10 the man he was i only made it through the first time i couldn't i, I got through this album three times and i couldn't listen to that yeah the second and third time I might even say the last two songs could have been could have been discarded. But Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. De- yeah, I agree. Dead Earth is probably my favorite song. I also like Hate, Kill, and Death, um, and the rest of it, you know, is not. It's not like they're they're you know not as good. But those two songs just stood out for me, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, the second half of the album did kind of fall off for me. Maybe it could be the length, you know. But also, the second half of the album has like the longer songs, like the four and five minute songs. Yeah. Which kind of made it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that's that's where you saw some of the cleaner singing as well. The uh, yeah, track ten, the man he was. I, that song just maybe I was just not the mood. I want to. I'm listening to thrash. This this drops down in tempo and everything. Maybe it's good. It wasn't my thing. But plus I force it. Plus I force you to kind of cram, which kind of sucks. So sorry about that. But it's okay, man. It's okay. You know, it's nothing to listen to music. I listen to music all the time. And yeah. unless you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but. I always go to my usuals and yep. that's fine, but I do Rate love this. discovering new music. And what's even better than discovering new music this way is discovering them live. When you go to a show and you oh, don't even yeah. know who the hell that is and you're just taken aback. I love that, man. If these guys came to San Diego, I'd go see them. I want to hear your rating first. Okay. So like I said, this album's pretty good. I liked it mm-hmm. more than I initially liked the new obituary dying of everything. 
Oh, wow. But since I increased my rating to of dying of, of everything to an 8.5, I have to start mm-hmm. comparing and doing these things. And I'm going to give it this one the same, an 8.5. It's good. Oh, I, I like the thrash. It's you know, if you like thrash, you like that kind of thing, the chug 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 thing. It's awesome. Um, knowing though that for me personally, it kind of fell off near the end. I enjoyed it. It's not. It's probably not going to be the top of my list, you know, for 2023. But I'll listen to it. Yeah. And as you said, I mean, I bet these guys put on a killer show if they were to ever come through here. I would, I would for sure go if I could. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm giving it the same. 8.5. This is good shit. And we were talking about Fateful Finality from Germany. And what was your album called? Emperor of the Week. Not as in Sunday through Saturday, but the week as in... I thought that was a funny name. I like that name. This is an example, too. Like, if I saw a name of a band, I'd go, oh, that's kind of a cool name. And I'd click on it just to check it out. Whereas a lot of the names are just so fucking dumb or just don't make any sense. I just pass them right by. Names are important. Having a good name for your band is fucking important. And this is a decent name. The art as well matters. You know, I've seen some like yes. that one that came up from Morbid Angel, 1994, 1995. And it was that like oh, CG art. It looked like shit, man. Oh, that yeah. Stuff is I, a big, big turnoff, you know? Major turnoff. Yeah. I've noticed there, there are some of those like, um, like first albums from bands in the 80s, metal bands and stuff. And it looks like one of their friends drew it and it's just really crude and shitty. And I'm like, oh my God, could have done better than that. I probably heard that album too because their old bass player, that's like all he would listen to is fucking Slayer, Morbid Angel, and Metallica, oddly enough. Hmm. Yeah, dom- it's Domination from 95. Yeah, that album looks like oh, okay, yeah. like uh, back in the days when people were like, oh, CG is the way, but yet the power wasn't there. The power of the computing wasn't there. But uh, this, okay, the so art for this one is pretty good. Fuck yeah, it's really good. So we are going to cover something. It shouldn't be too long, this uh, topic. I just wanted to bring it up because I've, we've talked about it before. And it's Tabby Star. Coming up next. I was kind of surprised when you suggested this because this was not even on my radar. I'd heard about Tabby Star. Um, mm-hmm. I knew what it was kind of doing. But yeah. when you suggested it, it's like, well, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> But I guess it's just kind of interesting. It's just interesting. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to this. There's not a whole lot of substance. It's just a big guessing game. Like, what could it fucking possibly be? Because the fact is, it is a little unusual what it's doing, right? Yeah, so we're talking about Tabby Star. This is also known as KIC 8462852 or Voyagian Star. Yep. It's a star that is 50 cent. 50% bigger than our sun and about a thousand degrees harder, hotter. And it's a, a little, little more than a thousand light years away. Now this star was yes. first observed and data collected by the Kepler mission. And I guess one yep. of the primary researchers was Tabitha Boyajian. So it came to be called Tabby's star or Boyajian's star. Kepler observed about like over a half a million stars, apparently. Um, in its lifespan i mean it's not it's defunct now it came out i think it was 2010 when they launched it and it just focused on one part of the sky and took like picture after picture after picture after picture of just this one little tiny speck of sky just to check the stars and see what they were doing they were checking the dimming of the stars for planets for exoplanets to see how many were actually out there to their surprise they're like basically around every star oh man there's like I mean, when they started doing it, was, it started with the with the probably the Voyager, and then you got the uh, Kepler, and now we're with the James Webb. Every time they send something up that's better, 
they're like, oh, yeah. there's not, you know, X number. It's X plus a hundred billion or something. I mean, they just find they're finding shit everywhere. I heard the other day that um, you know how you know, there's billions of galaxies out there. For the very first time, because of James Webb, I heard someone say they're estimating there is well over a trillion galaxies visible to us. I was like, that holy shit! Unreal, because I think it was Kepler when they started doing it that they said, yeah, there's like 200 billion. And that's right, exactly. comprehension. Well, for the first time I heard trillion, I'm like, wait, what? And that's just an estimate, so it could be way more than that. So if you think about it, I know it's kind of sidetracking here, but these these effects of what they call dark matter and dark energy may not be right. so strange after all, huh? Probably not. The big thing about Tabby Star, though, is is that a lot of the the fluxes in light when they when they're looking at the the data around most of these stars, you know, you're looking at like maybe one percent, two percent, not even that, right? But yeah, so I don't mean was... to cut you. I don't mean to cut you off, dude. But what's let's, maybe that's kind of mentioned that in case someone hasn't heard of this before. What's significant about this star? What observations did they make that were so odd? Well, that's what I was about to say. Is is um the most unusual property? Uh, its flux drops by around twenty five percent, and it varies. Whereas when they see a planet go in front of a star, it's a very minuscule percentage, but they can catch it, they can detect it, they see the data, and then it's consistent. Something You're orbits about and the goes brightness, in, right? The essentially the, the brightness, brightness. The, yeah. the luminosity. Yeah. So it'll dip slightly when a planet goes in front of it. It'll dip slightly when a planet goes in front of it. And based on a the percentage, they can discern how big the planet is and how close it is based on the wobble of the star. They can discern how close it is. But this one is like dipping randomly, random numbers for anywhere from like one to two percent to twenty-two percent, as far as twenty-five percent. And that is like 25 times more than what they normally would see when they find planets around these stars, which makes no sense. Yeah, they, they in this was discovered back in like uh, 2015, I think it was. Right. And um, it caused such interest that they did a Kickstarter for it. And more than 1,700 people donated to this Kickstarter. They raised more than 100,000. And this gave them the ability to keep, you know, keep an eye on this, if you will for over a year almost uh, two years huh. from march I, did, I didn't know that to december 2017 i didn't know that yeah they were able to buy time at the las cumbres observatory which apparently is the only global robotic telescope network in the world that can provide hmm. continuous 24-hour observation huh. but they have this array of, of telescopes that are feeding it data 21 telescopes in fact at eight different sites around the world and they're, you know, as the sun's rising in one, and it, that means that it's getting dark in the other one, it's picking it up and it just keeps going. And they're oh, that's awesome. It's a single instrument. I thought that was cool as hell to hear. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, now, as of as of January 2022, so a year ago, apparently a couple months prior to that, they were observing it and noticed that um, it, it had mellowed out and it turned into like a normal a normal observation of about a 1% dip consistently as though a planet were going around it. And it has maintained that as far as I know, as of the writing I read from, from one year ago, it, it it's behavior altered. Uh, and it appears to have entered a persistent state now, which is fucking weird, dude. Yeah. It uh, is strange. The Kepler data. They uh, don't know why. I mean, you see such a thing like that, 20 up to 25% of its brightness dimming. That's very odd. And it, it's right. Seems like there's all kinds of different um theories as to why you know some of them are kind of outlandish but you know this tabitha boy boyajian 
it was an interesting quote, just to give you kind of the scope and, and the significance of these numbers. She said that if a mass of planets were involved, let's say there were there was a solar system passing across it, and that's why we were getting blocked out by um, you know planetary masses. She said that there would have to be more than 50 of them, and they would have to line up perfect to be able to create this dimming. You know, some people right. think it's like alien structures. You know, some people think it's like gas and other types of effects, you know. Some scientists actually believe that the only really way to explain it is if it, it may be an alien civilization, like a Dyson sphere or a Dyson swarm, which is insane. Now, the Kepler data, for example, drops reached as high as 22%, but they would only last a few days and it'd be kind of random. And they thought, you know, it could be explained by a collision scenario such as like icy comets, right? Like you were saying. Um, the, the difficulty with this, though, is that it requires an impossibly large uh, number of comets or basically, you know, a huge swarm of comets kind of randomly going around it, which kind of doesn't really add up. Uh, but thus far, no models of this type have accurately anticipated what has been observed to date. Isn't that weird? It just so, shows you we know nothing. And we know nothing. The, the better instruments that we have, we get better measurements, better images sometimes, you know? Yeah. They're constantly sh shaping and, and causing to shift our theories of everything. And I say, our oh, like I'm involved. I'm, I'm, I'm a dumb IT guy, but I speak collectively. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just, it's, it's a, it just shows you, we know nothing. And when you can, when you can hear things from the Kepler that, oh, there's, you know, we thought there were X number of, galaxies now we're thinking it's over 200 billion and then you now you hear a trillion i mean that's yeah it's crazy it's beyond comprehension and it makes you really wonder what it is i mean i've got i know i've got certain things i mean you could take it just at the at the root level and go okay well this is what happened big bang and all these things happened but you could you could almost think of it as in a way as like what one of the like bacteria in your gut could feel right if they were like somehow sentient and they're wondering and they're trying to observe they have no idea that they're just like some in some organ within some larger organism that's in some other world which is in some other larger scale of things you know i mean who knows man we could be a in one cell of a larger organism you know if you go through the thought experiment it's kind of cool my bacterial gut is sentient i talk to them all the time they know they exist <laughs> anyway, um, you know, the material concealing the star during the dimming became optically thick for a brief period. And uh, they discovered this by, you know, checking the different wavelengths of light, which is kind of cool. Optical thickness may include a variety of things, including a massive solid object covering the star or a fleet of comets. But the fact that it is just so random until about a year ago or 14 months ago when it just kind of leveled off, which makes it even stranger, actually. Like what was passing in front of that fucking star, right? Well, it's such long distances, man. And whatever that was, what did they say? It was a thousand light years away. So that's a thousand years. It could have been just an asteroid, you know, chunks of, of debris flying through. And that was it. It just happened to be there. And we're just seeing it now. I mean, it could be something as simple as that, or it could be alien Dyson spheres. I mean, you can go anywhere that spectrum or maybe it was a fleet of alien ships on the way to earth and that was a thousand years ago and they're almost here dun, dun, dun! Or, they, or they're already here or they're already here well they are already here but that's another story you know all that shit. 
But um, yeah, this is a trippy thing though, dude. How it just kind of now I don't know anything about any of the data over the last year. Did you read anything about that? Um, I don't know. I didn't wasn't really looking for the timing. I know it's just covered over the last several years. Some of the stuff I saw on NASA.gov was from you know 2017. It is. I, I did, it, now I, it I is. know that this happens though. I mean, Beetlejuice is a huge ass star that dwarves our yeah. own. And for some reason, they think that thing's gonna fucking go supernova soon, and that would be insane. Yeah, but it's already happened. It would be. It would be like daytime at night. Happened. Well, yeah, a long time ago, maybe. Yeah, or well, certainly a long time ago. Well, but we don't know if it actually even happened because the light hasn't reached us yet. Because so it could yeah. still be intact. But yeah, once correct. it once we do once we do see it, they said um, the night sky will be like bright for months, dude. No darkness. Well, it won't be like daytime, but you but it'll be like a more than a full moon for months. And apparently that happened some couple thousand years ago. The Chinese actually recorded it. Um, that's kind of what they think in the Bible, what that star was that the three wise men were following. They think it might have actually been a, um, a, a supernova from thousands of years ago. And it lines up perfectly as far as the ages with with um, Chinese re, uh, recorded history about the, the night sky being bright for all these months and whatever. And it's like at the same time frame. So it's like, oh, we'll put those two things together. And yeah, so that's kind of trippy, dude. But that's a big fucking star, dude. If that goes supernova, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. How well, far is it? Apparently we're far enough away from it. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be okay. I don't, I don't know how far we are. I mean, we're, we got to be thousands of light years, right? Yeah. I don't know. How far is Beetlejuice? Let's look real quick. Yeah, take a, take a look. I don't even know. And while you're looking, I'm, I'm going to um, bring this point up here. They say that Tabby Star is, and now I love this term, 450 parsecs. That sounds like something out of Battlestar Galactica. It's Star Wars. Reason. It's 450 parsecs, which equals 1,470 light years away. Wow. So, so it's like almost Beetlejuice 15, yeah. is about half of that. Beetlejuice is 642.5 light years away. Oh, fuck. That's close. Wow. I didn't yeah. know it was that close. Have you seen... I'm sure you have those like things where they show you like, here's you on the earth. And then it starts zooming back and here's the earth amongst the solar. System. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I've done that so many times where it goes from like, like a plank from a plank, you know, plank constant or whatever, that little like supposed smallest thing ever. And you yeah. back out all the way to like the known universe. That's awesome, dude. And Beetlejuice, when you see Beetlejuice is like something that takes up a significant amount of the screen. You can't even see our sun anymore. It's like a dot. I know, I know. And you know what killed me is they show like the size of our solar system and like you pull back and it was like Minecraft world, like a computer, like a yeah. made up world. He is bigger yeah. than our solar system, dude. Yeah. I thought that was, I, I saw that and I was like, what? That's a lot of computing power, dude. That's pretty fucking good. Minecraft's pretty cool. My kids are into Minecraft, my two oldest. And uh, it's definitely it. an interesting thing because I, people apparently can build like calculators and functioning computers within it with like electrical switches and stuff i don't know if it's true what I don't yeah oh yeah and you can download these worlds or see videos of it or something i have no idea i'm not a minecraft person but oh. i've i've seen oh, that stuff scrolling through <clears throat> but you can i thought it was like i thought it was like a morrowind thing where it's just like a free roaming world kind of thing sort no. of but you have all this stuff that you can construct and build things and you can make I mean, if you want to make like a roller coaster, I guess my kids made a roller coaster. Huh. Go on it and go through. I mean, it's just like an open world, right? And if you go into like the creative mode where you're not trying to survive because there's like a survival mode where there's zombies and other things trying to come get you. 
you can build whatever huh. you want essentially because you have all these building blocks for it nice now what about the hypotheses about this tabby star will you tell me well large irregular changes in brightness um have been measured by its light curve but none to date fully explain all the aspects of the curve one explanation is that an, une an uneven ring of dust orbits tabby star in another explanation the star's luminosity is modulated by changes in the efficacy of heat transport to the photosphere so no external so heat, wave, heat waves essentially right i mean just yeah like so no external no no external like um obscuration is required the third hypothesis based on a lack of observed infrared light which is weird right there posits a swarm of cold dusty comet fragments in a highly eccentric orbit however the notion that disturbed comets from such a cloud could exist in high enough numbers to obscure 22 percent of the star's observed luminosity has been doubted because that's so so massive another hypothesis is that a large number of small masses in light formation are orbiting the star furthermore a spectroscopic study of the system has found no evidence for coalescing material or hot close-in dust or circumstellar matter from an evaporating or exploding planet within a few astronomical units of the mature central star. So there's no there's no evidence that, that something happened to create such a cloud of comets or asteroids yeah. or dust or anything. It's which hard is to weird say, though, because these distances are so oh so large, right? I mean Yeah, but you can still see the data. You can still see the data. There's nothing there that shows anything exploding to make that dust cloud. Nothing went supernova to, to make all these it. comets. Maybe we missed it, dude. It's only been within the last how do we know, miss it some years but it has to be really it has to be relatively close though don't you think well, i guess it doesn't what did they I say it, it was it was like over a thousand like 1200 light years away so 1200 no years no ago. i mean no i mean from where it happened we we observed this cloud and what are the odds of that it, it happened over and over over a period of time you know and it just it's it's like orbiting this thing this this star and then now it's vanished why is that that doesn't even make sense. Again, there's just many things, right? It could have, it's so, so long. These distances are so long and relative to our ability to, to detect these things. Right. You know, it's a long time. 1200 years is a long time. Where, where were we 1200 years ago? We were, you know, sure. Launching cows over a fence or something, you know, I mean, <laughs> we weren't no, doing too the, much. That's the aliens. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you ever seen okay I'm, i was about to get totally sidetracked but here's where it gets fun though this is where it gets even more kind of cool to me um you you got all these other you know different things like a cloud or comets or asteroids orbiting the star and then i don't know why they would vanish but um the cool thing about all of this is it has also been hypothesized here it comes that the changes in brightness could be signs of activity associated with intelligent extraterrestrial life constructing a dyson swarm however further analysis based on data through the end of 2017 showed wavelength dependent dimming consistent with dust but not an opaque object such as an alien megastructure so there you go that's yeah. not it and so there's a lot of distance, right? It goes back to it. There's a lot of distance here that can happen. And it could be, we could see, some, it doesn't have to be one event. True. Right? It, it could be that it just happens to line up. I mean, look, dude, there's a lot of chance here. Fucking we exist here on this, you know, rock hurtling through space and through all these clouds of radiation and stuff, right? Like there's sure. these random chances. So it wouldn't be with these distances, it wouldn't be unlikely that there'd be shit flying in front of us 
relative to this one fixed, you know, well, relative to this one object in space that's 1,200 light years away. A lot of shit is yep. in between here and there. Well, and here's another kicker. Tabby star is not the only star that has uh, irregular dimmings. Uh, other Beetlejuice. Well, well, other such stars include young stellar objects, it says here, called YSO dippers, which have different dimming patterns. An example of such an object is something called Epic 20427896. Really catchy names they give these things. Um, new, new fluctuations ran from uh, May of 2017 until July 2018, assuming their continuance in late December 2017 to mid-February 2018 when obscured by the sun. So it's not just that star, but that was like the one that had the most significant changes, I guess. What did you say? Obscured by the sun? It was like, obscured by the sun, so they couldn't Apocalyptic observe it anymore. clash? No, 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 no. Now in 2017, September 2019, shut why up. must we die? Two, shut up. In 2019, astronomers reported that the observed dimmings of Tabby Star may have been produced by fragments resulting from the disruption dis, disruption of an orphaned exomoon. An overall study of other similar stars have been has been presented in January of 2021. A distant stellar mass companion was reported, making Tabby Star a binary stellar system. Oh, I didn't read that part before. There you go, dude. It's a binary star system. All kinds of shit could be happening we don't know about. Like I said, very big distances, a lot of stuff we don't know, and a lot of shit between here and there. Yeah, and if we get all the quantum shit down, all those distances mean nothing. We could go right to Tabby Star somehow or get the information in real time and know exactly what's going on right now. I'm going back to Minecraft. <laughs> you, could, <laughs> computer, you could probably punch in into the console, your X, Y, Z coordinates and end up there instantly. Now, the main source for all this information about Tabby Star, the luminosity fluctuations, has been Kepler Space Telescope, um, which, like I said, has been defunct. But that caught thousands, like 3,000 or something exoplanets just in a few years. I don't remember how long. Uh, 10 years, not even that, that it was in, in you know, functioning. And then it was it stopped or died or they decommissioned it, whatever happened. But they caught way more. And I saw a picture of the little tiny speck of sky that it focused on the whole time. And it's nothing compared to the whole sky that we can see. It's nothing. And they got 3,000-something exoplanets just in that period of time. That's fucking cool, dude. A lot of these exosolar systems are um, have multiple planets, too. Jupiter-sized ones, rocky planets. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, we have no idea what's out there. That's what it comes down to. Except a lot of fucking planets that they didn't think were there. Yeah, and yet it's so big there's a lot of nothing also. Yeah, that brings up another fucking freaky thing. The, the, the black patch in the sky, what is that, the void? You know about that? Where there's nothing and they can't explain it? There's like nothing, dude. And it's a huge chunk of the fucking observable universe. It's, it's called, was it the something void? It's like the black void or the dark dark patch or something. Do you know about that? We, blue, we should talk about that. Dude. Let's, let's do that another next episode. Next episode, dude, because that doesn't make, that's fucking scary to me. That I saw that a long time ago and I was like, no, they, they're missing something here. But no, fucking James Webb Telescope has caught that too. And there, it's, there's nothing there, dude. And they don't know how to explain why there's zilch. It's just empty space. Yikes. All right, cool. Well, that was a fun one. Again, it just shows you there's, there's so much we don't know. And when you True. go back to these things where they're making ob new observations saying, wow, this is changing the way that we 
our models and, and the way that we model everything is like, well, of course it does. So yeah. it's really cool to see. I think every time in history or most times in history, perhaps there's these types of technological jumps that you could say, oh, what a great time to be alive. What an interesting time to be alive. Each time has its own shit. And that sucks as well. But this is an interesting time. It really is. It seems like as soon as something is nailed down or we know about something, something comes along or we discover something that just throws it all in the garbage pail of history. It's like, fuck, got to start over. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) 